Blog Talk Radio. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. come on. Father's house. I'm Ariel calling live from Hollywood, California, and today is the day that the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. And we thank you, Father, that what no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up will be put down. We take authority right now in the airways that you will not stop what God has for his people. You will not stop for those that are going to be snatched out of darkness. And I come against you, every enemy that is of enemy of God right now, and we consecrate this show we bind up your work and father we loose forth angels to go forth in the name of jesus thank you everyone just had to just take care of some of god's business because this is going to be a day that is going to be a day of deliverance a day of setting the captives free a day of taking off blinders taking off shackles by the holy spirit the lord has ordained this show and this show is going to be totally dedicated to the moving of the holy spirit father i come before you i come before you in the name of jesus father i say that this is your show this is your house and these are the people that you have sent us to for such a time as this i thank you for the apostle that is coming forth with the word of god that is going to set the captives free father we thank you that you have made us an alliance for such a time as this father i thank you for my god ordained mentor lord in the spirit and father constantly even today encouraging me to understand what is happening and father i thank you that you are in the midst father i thank you jesus you said we're two or more gathered together in your name there you are and we thank you right now and we just come before you because above all else we will serve the lord above all else we know that you are the the power in our life, and we can do nothing without you. And because of that, I just want to thank you today for the apostle that is coming forth with the word of God. But before I bring her on, I want to put this song that you have told me to play, and I'm going to play it. And I want everyone to hear the words because it's above all else that we must live for him. Mm -hmm. 
by what God is doing in the earth, even the things that we have yet to see, yet to hear, yet to understand, God is moving on our behalf. So the whole purpose of this program is to encourage you to lift up your head, encourage you to rise up in faith today, encourage you to dispel the doubt that's been hanging over you like a dark cloud, encourage you to not give up, encourage you to hang on, because God has not forgotten you. God has not changed his mind about you. God has not turned his back on you. Everything that the devil spoken is a lie. He is a certified liar, so there's no reason for you to even entertain his thoughts, his words, or even his methods of move. God has already given us every promise we need in his word, and God's promises are yes and amen. There is nothing lacking in God. There is nothing that God will withhold from those who are walking upright. And he didn't say those who are walking perfectly. He didn't say those who are doing everything correctly. He said those that are walking upright. And how do you walk upright? You walk upright in your heart. Very often we get confused when we look at the things that were written about David because we know that David was far from a perfect man. But the Word of God says that David had a heart toward God. God was always looking at David's heart. Even in the midst of his human personal frailties, even in the midst of his faults and his insufficiencies and his sins, David's heart was ever turned toward God. And how do we know that? Because he was remorseful and he was repentant. And God will honor a repentant and a contrite heart. He will not despise it. So I'm encouraged by those that are listening. I'm so grateful that my big brother is on the line. I was so excited to hear his voice when he called in to find out about what was going on, but we knew it was warfare, and we even prayed that the Spirit of God will move on those who are connected to this broadcast now that are working contrary to the plans and purposes of God. We pray that your heart will be touched, that the Spirit of the living God will pierce Mm -hmm. your heart and convict you Mm -hmm. and draw you in the same love that he's drawn us. So we're not upset, we're not angry with anyone that's working against the move of God, we know that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present, but he's also all-loving. And his desire is that no one should perish. So those that are listening in, that are trying to undermine what God is going to do, we pray that you will not perish, that even your soul will be saved, that even you will be snatched from the kingdom of darkness as you listen to this broadcast. Because you cannot work against it without listening to it. So may the word of God go forth and accomplish everything that he sends it forth to do today. Amen, amen. Speaking of a color, we have a color 615, and I'll just give the first three um, beginning uh, numbers, 739. You're going to be on the air live. Good morning, good morning. Caller? Good morning. Yes. Yes. We'd like to take a call. Hello. Good morning. Would you Hi. like to um, give us your first name or just let us know where you're from? Yes, this is Kiva from Nashville. All right, Kiva. Oh, I know you, Kiva. Welcome. <laughs> uh, do you have a question for Apostle Essie? Um, Apostle Essie, this is Kiva. She is a mighty woman of God, and I am just so pleased to know her and um Got anything on your heart, Kiva, to say or ask? Oh, well, no, thank you. I just want to say that uh, uh, this is a powerful broadcast. Thank you so much for this. Um, and I'm just going to continue to listen. Um, I am at work, 
So I'm going to be listening, but I've been blessed by what I've heard so far. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Kiva. Okay, I'm going to put you back on mute so you can listen, and I'll talk to you later. Apostle Essie, you were talking about as far as – let me tell the listeners how I met Apostle Essie. Apostle Essie was pastor at the time, and we're going to be talking about what makes someone an apostle. Um, They have to be ordained by God, can't be ordained by man by God. But when I met her, she was a pastor. I didn't know her. We were going to, um, well, there was a conference because she had written a book, which is on the the blog talk site. He speaks poetically, and we're going to be talking about that. And she was there to um, what we call pitch the book to publishers, and so was I. And I wanted to have a roommate, so I told the organization I'm up for a roommate. And make a long story short, we talked on the phone. That's basically it. I knew she was going to come be my roommate, never believing it was going to be something much, much more. But what had happened is I had been severely attacked but didn't know that because a lot of times we just think all these things are happening to us but God had told me to write a book I had told you about that um, in other broadcasts and so this was the time when I wanted to pitch my book at this conference so when I got there and Apostle Essie was coming the next day and so anyway what happened is I got very angry, and I threw my manuscript, and the Lord said the only time I can tell this this way is when I show it's a testimony because it shows where I was. And, you know, we don't start this walk perfectly. We don't in, we just we are just who we are trying to do the best we can. But at this time I had just really gotten very frustrated, and I just threw my manuscript on the desk because nobody was taking it. God had told me to write it, and I didn't like, well, God, nobody wants to publish this. And so I said arrogantly, I'm not proud of it, but I'm being real, you do it. So, of course, um, I was – supposed to be repenting, didn't repent. So the next day I get a knock on the door and I went, oh, that's right. This is a roommate coming in. And so um, I was going to tell her she can keep the room. I'm going home. So I opened the door and this powerful woman of God came in, lifted both of my hands, didn't even say hi and said, Satan, I rebuke you off this prophet of God. And she said, get before the Lord. How dare you tell God what you're not going to do? And then she spoke the word of the Lord, which said, don't abort, don't abort, don't abort what I've put inside of you. Well, I looked up, I'm scared of her, scared of God, and God injected her in my life at a very critical time. And later when I got through repenting and crying out to the Lord and he was dealing with me, we were talking, and she said some very powerful words to me because I would never forget this. When I was telling her, we were talking about our children, and I said about how my children were rebellious. And she, straight with love, but I knew it was God, looked at me and said, how can you talk about them being rebellious when you're rebellious? This is the kind of mentor I have. Straight, tells it like it is. No hold of fire, because she has an assignment. So, Apostle Essie, I want you to take her from there about mentorship, how you, you know, when God puts people in your path like that, and I know sometimes it may be hard to give a straight word, but you, but I know you, so you're going to be obedient. Amen. Well, Apostle Cassie, one of the critical things about mentoring is that um, it's it's about relationship. And that's something that the Lord revealed to me when he began to, in fact, you probably were the very first person 
that I was keenly aware that God had specifically placed in my life to be mentored. I had no clue what mentoring was all about. I'd heard some things that did not really rest well in my spirit. For example, I had heard some various announcements on um, radio and television about mentoring by certain ministers, and if you send in a certain amount of money, we'll send you DVDs or CDs and we'll mentor you. And the Lord revealed to me that is really not what mentoring is all about. Mentoring is really walking someone's journey with them. It's literally putting your arm in that person's arm. It's literally putting yourself before the Lord on behalf of that person. It's literally being an intercessor, being willing to be inconvenienced when that person that God has trusted you with is going through something. It's not about your comfort. It's not about your convenience. If God wants to wake you up in the middle of the night and put that individual on your heart, then you get up and you listen and you pray and you cry and you walk and you declare and decree and whatever it is God gives you. One of the reasons that our relationship is so powerful and effective is because you trust me and you know that I love you. So when I'm saying something that to a, a third party may sound like it's, wow, that was really strong, oh, that was really hard, well, you know my heart. And you've been with me long enough to know that I am not going to speak something that is going to tear you down because a real mentor is in a person's life to edify. Edify means to build up. So whatever I say to you is to encourage you, is to build you up. And just in love, those hard-hitting words were pierced because you know that those words are being spoken in love. They're not being spoken arrogantly or pridefully or to say I'm above you or I'm beyond you or I'm ahead of you. No, I'm right beside you. When you hurt, I hurt. When you cry, I cry. When the enemy is coming against you, I'm getting mad and I'm going on the warpath, just like this morning. <laughs> we attempted right. to stop this broadcast. It's like, no, get, let me get out of this car and let me walk this Jericho walk around the walls of this parking lot because she's under attack, which means I'm under attack. And see, when you're in a mentoring relationship, you're not really separate from the person you're mentoring any more than a natural mother is separate from a child that they bear. Not that you're my child, but the point is when God connects, it is a divinely ordered spiritual connection. And you can't just turn away and walk away and pretend that you're not connected to this person. You care about the things that God cares about in that person's life. And a mentor wants to see the mentee excel and go far above and beyond with anything that they've done themselves. So there's no selfishness that has any place in a relationship, no pride has any place in a relationship. And basically when you're in a mentor relationship, as it develops and the mentee is built up, they're actually able to speak back into your life. And that's the way it should happen. When you think about Elijah and Elisha, well, they had a very close relationship, and there were a lot of nuances to their relationship that other prophets even did not understand or did not like. But they really blessed each other because God had connected them for the certain season that he had made that connection. So if anybody tells you that they can mentor you um, long distance and they never let eyes on you, then you need to go to God about that. The reason that our relationship worked long distance for us is because we were put together face-to-face. So it wasn't like we were strangers. I don't mentor hundreds of people. that I don't, I don't mentor anybody that I don't know, first of all. Anyone God trusts me with, that means he's placed inside of me what that individual needs for them to go forth and to do what he's called them to do. 
So really there's a lot of love that overshadows everything, and there's teaching, there's imparting, and there's sharing. And basically I peel off my own covers with you, and I basically tell you personal things about me because you need to see the human side of me, that I'm not somebody that's all mystical and, ooh, who is this person? No, I'm a vessel that that submitted my life to God. That means he can use me for his glory. Amen, amen. And that is so true, listeners. Um, I can think of so many times that, especially when the Lord um, started um, calling me into pretty much full-time marketplace ministry and ministry with the the church, I would come and talk to her. Even one time he had me come to California, and this is before he told me I was going to live in California, and I would sit and she would download and I would go back very strong and you know that brings back to what I wanted to share with the listeners because they hear you say we say apostle and the church has for a long time and I'm included thought that women couldn't be pastors couldn't be evangelists couldn't be prophets could not be teachers nor and definitely not apostles but if you look in the Bible Paul says an apostle called by God and that is the the definition um that is one of the one things you have to be called by God not man ordained but God ordained and um one of the things too as I've learned about this cuz I didn't understand when the Lord was showing me that I was an apostle and I didn't know what it was and I understand now it deals with foundational truths it deals with having an encounter with the godhead it deals with um walking in the fivefold and speaking of that you were a pastor for a a season because you know you may pastor um for the listeners, you may not have the title of pastor, but God may put people in your path that you are, you're pastoring. So um, share with us about when you were a pastor and how when God was showing you that season was over. Okay, um, I'd be happy to share that. But before I do, um, the Holy Spirit just had me to write something down that I need to, bring, that I need to clarify. Um, and I, I love it when God does this because yes. when he does it, He's also teaching me as well. Um, you just said the church says that women can't be this and the other. And the moment you said it, because I've said that, the Lord immediately brought correction and clarity. He said, no, the church does not say that women cannot be pastors, apostles, evangelists, prophets. Religious people are saying <laughs> Thank you, Holy So Lord. I want the listeners to hear that because I'm just getting this revelation myself. The church is not holding women down. Religious people, people with religious spirits that think they speak for God are are trying to hold God's people down because the church is the body of Christ, and the true church is connected to the head who is Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. The real church has the Holy Spirit living within them. So the real church is not going to speak contrary to the word, the written word of God. Amen. So in God's words, there are numerous examples of how God used both men and women to accomplish his purposes. For example, for those of you who may or may not know, one of the most powerful kings in the history of Israel was a woman by the name of Deborah. And under her leadership, Israel had peace for 40 years. And this woman was not only a, a wife, she was also a prophet, she was also a judge, and she was a military leader. So 
for someone today in this day and age to say women can't do this, that, and the other, and God doesn't want women standing up preaching and teaching, etc., that person unfortunately is showing their ignorance. They're showing their ignorance of the Spirit of God, and the, the, they're showing their ignorance of the Word of God. Because that is not backed up by Scripture. Even when the Apostle Paul was on the scene, there were women in his ministry. There was a woman who was named in the Bible as a bishop. There were women who were leaders. There were women who financially supported him. And if you go back through the Gospels, you will see that there were women in the ministry of Jesus. There were women that, not only the woman that washed his feet with her tears, not only the woman that broke the alabaster box over him and anointed him for burial, but there were women who followed his ministry and sold into his ministry. There were women who were standing at the foot of the cross when he hung there and died for us. So don't allow any religious religious demons to do to any of you callers what they did to me with my unknowing permission, because for 16 years after I had heard God speak to me clearly and say, preach my word, for 16 years I allowed religious people to tell me that I didn't hear God, that God doesn't speak to women. Go back and, and pray again. Oh, no, you're mistaken. That was not the church talking. Those were religious demons talking. Mm. And this may sound harsh to some of you, but you know what? Sometimes reality is harsh. <laughs> and sometimes we need to be shaken up because I grew up with the spirit of religion because that's what I was exposed to. And when God spoke to me clearly, I even doubted it because I had never seen a woman preacher at that point. I had never seen a woman pastor at that point. Certainly hadn't seen any woman prophesying. I hadn't even heard anybody speak in tongues at that point. So I had my own doubt about what I knew in my spirit that I had heard. And I want to say to you listeners, trust your spirit above your flesh. God does not speak to your mind first. He speaks to your spirit. And what happens is the spirit hears what God is saying, and then the mind jumps in front of it and goes, oh, no, that couldn't be God. Oh, no, he couldn't be talking to me. Oh, no, little old me. Oh, no, who am I? Oh, I'm not qualified. Oh, no, God. Oh, no, I'm mistaken. Oh, I must be dreaming. Those are lies that the enemy puts in your mind to trick you. But God does not speak to your mind. So if it's logical, that means your mind is in, is in control. Amen. The spirit of man recognizes the spirit of God. Amen. So back to your question, now that I had to bring that clarity, and I thank Dr. Williams. <laughs> I thank honestly, God, too. Thank you, Lord. I think, honestly, I have been saying that for years, the church, the church. No, mm -hmm. the Lord said it's not the church thank that's God. been doing it. I'm it is the what... religious yes. people. Yes. yes. So thank God for revelation. But, <laughs> yes, um, thank God. Back to your question, which I hope I can answer <laughs> clearly for our listeners, is I was pastoring um, in Florida. And I had started a church with no members. I started the church's outreach, me and the Holy Spirit, and me basically doing what God told me to do. And what he told me to do was go feed the poor. And at that moment, I was unemployed. I said, Lord, show me how to do this with no money. And he did. He began, he said, feed and clothe the poor. So that's really a part of shepherding is feeding and nurturing God's people. That a pastor is a shepherd, and you cannot efficiently pastor if you don't have the heart of a shepherd. Only God can make you a pastor, and that doesn't mean that you stand in a pulpit on Sunday morning and preach. That's really not pastoring. 
being a pastor means that you are nurturing the people that God has given to you to love on them and to care for them and to teach them and to disciple them. You can only get that heart from God. You cannot go into pastoring as a vocation or profession and think that it's going to work. You may get a paycheck, but that doesn't mean that you're anointed to shepherd God's people. A real pastor doesn't need a building. A real pastor doesn't need a, quote, formal congregation. A real pastor is going to shepherd people even if it's one-on-one, which is exactly what God has me do sometimes. Really, mentoring is really a form of pastoring because you are nurturing, you're loving, you're caring, you're teaching, you're helping, you're listening, you're making yourself available. And honestly, one of the things God has also helped me with is that I'm still a pastor because that was the, the shepherd's mantle was the first mantle that God put on me, even when I didn't understand it. But after seven years, the Lord spoke to me. I was in Pennsylvania standing at a glass window in a hotel, and it was pouring down rain, and I knew in my spirit that something was happening in the spirit, but I didn't know what it was. And I stood at that window, and I said, God, what are you saying? He said, your season in Florida is over. And just like that, your season is over. And I knew that I had to fly back home and share with my family and my congregation that God was moving me into something else that I really didn't understand and really didn't know how to explain it because he had not yet revealed it to me. But I asked him, I said, God, I know that you love these people that you've given me, and I love them, and I know that you're the God of order. So who would you have me to release the people to? And he showed me the face of the pastor that I had already met, that my members had already been exposed to, that our churches had already spent time praying together. And when I got back and met with him and his wife and told him what God had said, he already knew it. Again, remember, God is a God of order. So if God is telling you to do something and it involves another person, their socks shouldn't be shocked off when you tell them what God has told you because he prepared that person. And God had already prepared the heart of the pastor. And the pastor Bowen said to me, I've known this since February. Now, this is now October when I'm telling him this. He said, I've known since February when we were there at your church praying, and I kept walking the floor looking at you. The Lord was speaking to me then that you were an apostle. And I said, Lord, well, what is she doing here, Pastor? But see, again, it's about seasons. Just because somebody speaks a word to you today and say you're X, Y, Z doesn't mean you drop everything and abandon everything and walk away and go off and do that. No, God has seasons and time. He has to prepare you for what he wants you to do. Well, at the moment that he revealed that to Pastor Bowen, I wasn't prepared to step out into that. I had been hearing for years. God has called you to be an apostle. You're an apostle. I had people laying hands on me, and I would just look at them blankly and say, oh, okay. But then I would go to God and say, well, what is that? What is an apostle? I've never heard anybody being an apostle. What are they talking about? I wasn't anxious to run off and say, oh, you who put me some new ministry cards. I'm now an apostle. I had to find out, God, what are you telling these people to tell me? Because, honestly, I was ignorant. I had not been taught anything about the various office gifts, but yet it's right there in Ephesians chapter 4. When Christ ascended, when he descended and he ascended, he gave gifts to men, and his gifts, 
he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. And when you hear people talk about fivefold ministry, and some people will say it's really fourfold because they put the pastor teacher together, they're really talking about the ministry gifts that Christ left for the church. They're really not talking about titles. And that's where, again, the religious spirits have gotten into the mix of what God's doing. An mm-hmm. apostle is not a title, but that's what we've been told. A pastor is not a title. A prophet and evangelist is not a title. It is a gift, which means you don't own it, which means mm-hmm. I don't own it. So I've had to constantly go to God and say, Lord, I need you to teach me what this apostle thing is about because I can't go to man. It's just like when God told me to pastor and start a church. I said, Lord, I will not imitate any other pastor on this planet. I will not preach anybody else's sermons. I'm not going to try to sound like anybody, walk like anybody, look like anybody. You call me to pastor these people. I need you to teach me how to do it. So literally, it was on-the-job training when I was pastoring the church. I was learning as I was doing it. And every week I would go to God and say, okay, Lord, what's the sermon for Sunday? What's the lesson for Bible study? And time and again, he would give me something that I didn't know enough about. I said, okay, I've got to study so that I can feed your people because I don't know enough about this. And it's the same thing where I am in this walk as an apostle. I'm still learning. God has revealed quite a bit to me that I could not have known other than getting it from his his spirit. But there are responsibilities that come with the gift. There's accountability that comes with the gift. It does nobody any good for me to walk around and say, oh, good morning, I'm apostle this, I'm apostle that. That doesn't help anybody. It doesn't set anybody free. I had to get revelation of the power and authority that God has delegated to me. I don't fear any demons. Because I know that I know that I know who lives within me, and I know what he has called me to do. As an apostle, there's great responsibility to bring correction and love. There's great responsibility because God shows you error. I can walk into almost any venue, and the Holy Spirit will show me what's out of place, what's out of order. Even in my own life, as I was walking around praying in warfare this morning, I said, Lord, Show Ariel what she needs to say and do, and Lord, show me what do I need to do. And he showed me I was walking and, and praying inside the brick wall. I had to go outside the brick wall. And once I stepped outside the brick wall, just simple obedience, he showed me the position of where my car was parked. My car was out of order. I had to move my car into another position. Now, the average person may say, what's the big deal? What's, what does it matter where you park your car? It matters. Everything you do matters. Amen. And Amen. even if you don't know it matters, it does. Amen. Amen. Everything it- matters. And, you know, that goes back to obedience because one of the things, listeners, that when I would talk to her at that time, I was following God haphazardly. I was like, okay, God, I'll do it whenever, or no, 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 I'm not hearing you. But I remember I talked to her and I said, so when God speaks to you, do you do what he says? And she said, and I remember her looking at me and said, yes, I don't understand people who don't. So you taught me about obedience. And I, and that is so critical in, in that needs to be shared and how, you know, disobedience and rebellion is just you know, pretty much God is dealing with correction 
And as you say, a lot of times in those giftings, he'll show you things. And if and you've got to be obedient to listen to what the voice of the Lord is saying. Can you give our listeners a little bit about how they can? Oh, absolutely. I can't really stress how critical it is. Or else, you know what? I can. Obedience is a life or death matter. Yeah. Um, literally. And it could be your life or death or the life or death of someone else's. And I'll just tell the listeners very briefly why I use my, the middle name Miracle when I sign my name now. Because mm-hmm. just a year and a half ago, I was literally dying and did not know it. I was in a moment, in a, just a flash, a blood vessel had burst in my brain, and my brain was swelling, and I was dying. And I was home alone. And I had no idea the source of the origin of the pain that was in my head. All I knew was that something was wrong. And I honestly did not know it was a 911 situation. So I slowly walked into the living room in my apartment. I called my landlord because I was living um, right behind their house. And I said, Patty, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is. And she said, do you want to go to the hospital? And I said to her, I don't know. I called another friend of mine. I called Wendy. I said, there's something wrong. I need you to check on me in about 15 minutes. I had no idea that I was at death's door. And I was even calling, I even called a friend in South Carolina because the Lord told me to call Pastor Bernstein. And she said, I just was sitting in the living room and I got an awful pain in my head and your face came up before me. So I started praying. I said, Bernstein, my head is hurting in a very strange way. I know it's not migraines, but I don't know what it is. She prayed for me on the phone in the spirit. I took communion while I was on the phone with her. And hours later, I was still alive. I made the mistake of falling asleep for two hours, which is a death sentence if you have a brain aneurysm. People who sleep do not wake up on this side. And I woke up, and I looked at my friend Wendy sitting there, and I said, go home. It's late. I'm going to bed. It was a quarter to midnight, and she reluctantly left me. I locked the door walked into the bedroom, and all I wanted to do was just go to bed. I pulled the covers back on my bed, and the Lord spoke to me in a whisper. It was so soft. He said, call the hospital. And I stood there for a split second. I said, the hospital. I didn't even know where the phone number was, where I had put the phone number. But I walked slowly back into the living room, sat on the chair, and there was a piece of paper with a phone number on it. Had I not been obedient to that, I would not be on this call right now. Had I not been obedient to God's voice to call the hospital, there would would be no Apostle Esther Miracle Mathis on the earth right now. If I had missed that simple instruction, this would be null and void. That is that is what I mean by life and death. And I'll give the listeners another quick example of a life and death situation that was I had no way of knowing I was going to come to, but sometimes your obedience involves people that are near and dear to you whom you love. When I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Lord spoke to me to go back to Florida, that was nothing, something I, not something I had a desire to do, but I knew it was. And he actually sent people to confirm. He sent a friend to my door to ring the bell and said, the Lord told me you're going back to Florida. And I said, yes, I know. She's don't worry about it. He's going to take care of everything. And I left reluctantly, but I left after I repented and God took care. But let me tell you, the, the hard part about leaving was not about the house. 
It was not about the friends. It was not about beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. It was about the fact that my youngest son was in his senior year of high school. And I knew God had told me to leave. I had to sit down with my son and talk to him. And he said, Mommy, you have to obey God. But in the background, people, including in my former church, people were saying that I was an unfit mother, that I was this, that I was that, I didn't hear from God. But let me tell you, listeners, had I not been obedient and left Charlotte when God told me to leave to go to Florida, I would not have been in Florida to leave to go to Pennsylvania, and I would not have been in Maryland at the time for my son's birthday that year, and I would not have been in his apartment that night when God woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning and said, get up. The spirit of death and suicide is hovering over your son. And I jumped out of bed at 4 a.m. and went downstairs in my son's apartment, and I started warring in the heavenly. And what he woke him up, and he came down, and I just grabbed his arm and kept walking the floor and fighting for his life and commanding that spirit to get off of him. If I had not been obedient in 1997, my youngest child may not be alive today. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you, when God speaks, you don't have to understand it. You don't even have to like it. But life and death could very well be in your obedience. And you won't know that sometimes until years later, because it was several years later when I was living in the Northeast and I was able to drive down to Maryland to be with him, not knowing the spirit of depression and oppression that had been upon him that was trying to tell him to take his life. It's that serious. It is. It is. There is so many things that we can talk about. We have... Um, about 15 minutes, but what I'm really sensing in my spirit is to play this song called Grace. And after this song, I want you to minister to the listeners whatever the Lord is putting on your heart, and then we'll take it from there because God is doing a work in the, in the, in the body right now. He's bringing alignment. He's bringing correction. And now he wants to bring deliverance and healing. She is a miracle. And one of the things she had told me before, because you can imagine, this is my mentor. She has, she just had a, a brain aneurysm. She's in brain surgery. I'm, God tells me to go to Texas, and I can't talk to her, but I'm sensing as a soulish in my flesh that I want to help her and go to California. But I knew that he said Texas, so God knows he's not schizophrenic and he doesn't, you know, he's not twiddling. He knows exactly what's going on. And I remember when I did talk to her, she said, I know you didn't think of coming to California because she had taught me, you know, to be strictly obedient to what God is saying because he knows who he's put in position to do what needs to be done. And I and because she is a living miracle, because the the enemy has come after her so hard, there is power coming from her through the Holy Spirit, from the Holy Spirit through her. And I know that she's going to minister to every person that's listening now and in the future. So with it, I'm playing Grace by BB and CC Wynette. I'm 
goodness, I started to cry. Yes, oh,
Amazing grace, amazing grace. According to Isaiah 60, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he has put righteousness as a breastplate and an helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, according he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Thank you. Thank you. And your amazing grace has brought us Apostle Essie here. And Apostle Essie, we have seven minutes remaining. I want you to, by the spirit of the Lord, share what's in your heart. And then afterwards, how can the viewers get in touch, uh, listeners, get in touch with you? Because I know there's so many people that would want to, to talk with you or to get your book. But whatever is on your heart, you have the the open mic right now, and I just thank you, Father, for her. Thank you for her being on the show. Thank you so much, Ariel, for your obedience and support. Um, earlier, the Lord made it clear to me that I am to pray for the listeners, and not only for those that are listening now, but for those who will be listening later um, through the archives. There are some people on this call that will, when I pray, the situation that I pray for may not be yours specifically, but if you know of someone that needs this prayer, then I'm just asking you to just agree to stand in proxy for that person to receive what God has for them. There were several words that the Lord had me to write down um, during the playing of the last song on grace, and those are the things that I want to touch on real quickly. One of them, the Lord um, has said he wants me to pray for miracles. There are people on this call and will be on this call who need miracles in their lives and in the lives of their loved ones. So I want to pray for you right now. Father God, I thank you right now that you are the God of miracles. You are the only God of miracles. And I thank you, Lord God, for the miracle working power in my life. I thank you, Lord God, especially for the miracle of healing. And Lord God, to every listener who is on this call who needs healing in their spirit, their soul, or their body. Lord God, I speak and release healing right now, Father God, to their inner man and to their outer man. I speak healing from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I speak healing to every fiber of your being. I speak healing even to your heart. I speak healing to those hurts that have broken your heart over the years of your life. I speak healing to those memories in your mind, the memories that you have been carrying around that are holding you back and holding you down. I speak healing to your mind right now. I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, that you know all, you see all, and, Father God, you're everywhere present. I thank you, Lord, that there's no distance in prayer. There is no distance in the spirit realm. And, Father God, your Holy Spirit is not bound by time or place. I thank you and I praise you right now, Lord God, for the delegated power and authority that you've given me to come against every antichrist spirit. That is every spirit operating in the earth and against the plans and the purposes of God for his people. I come against those spirits now. I bind, rebuke, and banish you from these precious people who are listening on this call. I especially come against that spirit of superstition. The people who were 
concern about yesterday being Friday the 13th. Let me say to you listeners, I went through brain surgery on Friday the 13th of November 2009. So don't let anybody tell you that that's a bad luck day. Every day that God opens your eyes to see a new day is a good day, regardless of what the calendar says. It is no such thing as a bad luck day being Friday the 13th. I speak against that spirit of discouragement. There are people who are become weary and well-doing. You have been pushing and pushing and pushing and doing your best and working hard, and you don't see the fruit that you thought you would see. I come against that spirit of discouragement right now that is a weapon of the enemy released against you, and I speak and release hope in your life. I speak and release hope into your mind, hope into your hearing, hope into your thoughts. Pick up those dreams that you've laid down that you thought would never come to pass. Pick up those ideas that you thought were silly and foolish. Pick up those plans and things that you had that you told somebody about, and they said you'll never be able to do it. The devil is a liar. You pick it up. If God gave it to you, that means that God equips you to do what he gave you to do. So when God gives vision, God gives provision. I call you right now to hope. Hope in the future that God has for you. God said in his word that he has a future and a hope for you. That God knows the plans that he has for you. The enemy is not all-knowing, and he's not all-wise. So when he tries to come against God's plan, you have to stand and say, No, God's plan for me is a future and a hope. God's plan for me is to bring me to a good appointed end. God's plan for me is to live my life out fully and completely. And I also want to pray for those people who are discouraged because you're saying, How long, Lord? And why has it been so long? When is my change going to come? When is my miracle going to happen? When is that prophetic word that was spoken over my life going to come to pass? Let me share something briefly with you that Lord revealed to me about three years ago. He said, every prophetic promise that I release to my people already has the time attached. It already has a date and appointment attached to the word. And he said, and if my people would realize that, they would stop getting anxious. And they would start asking me, when, 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 God, why is it taking so long? The word of God says that his word shall not return void. God showed me that when his word is released, there is a time when that word is going to come to pass. There is a time when that word is going to manifest. Remember, the Bible says that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Well, the son coming, the Messiah showing up, had been prophesied for hundreds of years. Isaiah talked about the Messiah, but it wasn't time. That prophetic word was released in the earth, but there was a time that God had already assigned for the Christ child to be born. So whatever God has spoken to you prophetically, know that he has not forgotten. He knows the time that he's going to bring it to pass, and I want to encourage you to trust God. How do you know when you're trusting God? It's when you have peace. When you're anxious and you're scared and you're worried and you're upset and you're fretful, you are not trusting God. Peace is a sign of God's presence. When God's peace fills you and overflows you, the enemy cannot touch you. And that's one of the things that he comes against is your peace. The enemy comes in like a flood, as, as, as Ariel just read. But God is the one who raises up the standard. The flood will not drown and overtake you when you remember that God is your provision and your source and your shelter and your rock and your everything that you need to be. 
God is your healer. So I thank you, Father God, that you being the healing, loving God that you are, are right now sending forth your word to your people over this airwaves, and you, Lord God, are touching your people in every area of their lives where they need healing. And I thank you, Father, for the praise reports that are going to come back from the many people who are being healed by not only hearing this word, but by receiving this word, by embracing and believing this word, that I am healed. And, Lord, I give you praise and glory for who you are and what you're doing. I thank you, Lord God, for just trusting this assignment to both of us to do it just the way you want it done. I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for all that you have planned and purpose for every single one of us. And, Lord God, I pray that every person who is listening to this broadcast will rise up and walk into their destiny that you have ordained for them. And I bless them, Lord. I speak and release blessings over your people now, blessings that the enemy cannot stop, that the enemy cannot cancel. And I thank you, Father God, for every person listening to decide that they will not, they will not walk in disobedience another day. And I praise you for it. Amen. Thank you so much, Apostle Essie. And we just thank you. And we will see you next time. Be blessed. It's been an awesome show. Thank you again. Amen. Thank you. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go. (laughs) 